everyone. You are listening to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Sigflup, and uh, in this episode, you're going to be listening about Hacker Public Radio. Uh, this is a recording from a panel held at the Ohio Linux Fest in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, 2010. Uh, with us, we have Klaatu, Dave Yates, Dan, um, and Lord D, all of whom will be introduced again by Klaatu. Um, the recording is going to come from my personal recorder, so you'll get uh, a little bit of flavor of before the panel started, and then it's going to go into the house recording. So sit back, relax, get ready for your commute, um, get ready for a long, boring hour of work or something, and enjoy. <laughs> so that's all right. Like like uh, Klaatu mentioned that you did the 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 boot progression series. That just died. And uh, well, I was ma- I made note of it, but I didn't actually. <laughs> that's all right. So I didn't finish it yet. So really? It's just going on. Hey, that's HPR, right? That's it. That's it's that. In the licensing on. series, I started to die. <laughs> <laughs> The licensing series. Remember, I started doing the licensing series. Oh, that's right. The first one was a GPL. Then I was supposed to do a GPL. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, that would have been actually yeah. pretty cool. Uh, you know what? I will. I've got kids, man. You know, yeah. Kids in a family. Take, take it all away. No, I'm not trying to. I haven't actually listened to HPR in a year. Like I said I thought it was dead. No, this is this is actually me recording for an HPR episode. Because I forgot my little so, I mean, not... It's not no amplification. Okay. Yep, come on. You're going to talk. What are you talking about? Just, if you, maybe we can... Oh, that would actually be kind of fun. Calling people up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think I'd want to do that either. All right. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, are you rolling? Are you rolling? Yeah. I'm rolling. I don't know if uh, your staff guys rolling. You rolling? Oh, we're staying. All right, cool. Hi everyone. My name is Klaatu, and um, we're doing a Hacker Public Radio panel, which is going to be recursively about Hacker Public Radio, um, recording Hacker Public Radio, and we're recording this session, so it's just everything about. Hacker Public Radio. And a fun activity for everyone would be, since we don't really have enough mics, be everyone to move up three rows from where they currently are sitting. <laughs> so everyone stand up, take your, make sure you have all your personal possessions and belongings with you. Can't stand up? Or can't make Two rows, sorry. Two rows for, oh, I, I lost my chance. All right. Included, um, we got. Oh, we're getting more microphones. Yeah, oh, we're going to move back, right? What's that? We can move back with the old microphone. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we've got Dave Yates, who did the famous uh, Halloween episode, and others, I'm sure. We have Sigflop, who did some geeky stuff that I don't really understand. How many people here actually, how many people here have listened to any HPR episode? Well, that's a good question. Sweet. That's okay. cool. All right. All right, cool. Oh, no, this that's is actually not a recording. Oh. That's a prop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fake. I'm trying to hold it. It'll just make sound. Lord D, did you do an episode? I've done more. I've done probably about half a dozen episodes of HBR. Lord D claims to have done some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've also done episodes of the precursor of HBR. Well, you'll have to tell us about that in a moment, um, which we do want to hear about. And then Dan, uh, who did the the bootloader series, which was really cool. I did more than that. He did the bootloader <laughs> series, which was really cool. I did more than that. All right, so um, let you know, I'm, because I'm a multimedia geek, I kind of am first and foremost curious about people's uh, production methodology and workflow. So I'm going to ask the panelists to tell us a little bit about uh, what it looks like when they're recording their HPR episode, like. Bathroom, closet, bedroom, bathroom. big studio. I, hey, I've done don't a bathroom. Knock the bathroom as a recording studio. I've recorded a couple bathrooms. Yeah. Actually, one of the APRs I've done, I, me and Dave, we've talked about this, and me and him were actually in competition for the first one to break 70 miles an hour on a podcast. I think we called it a tie at the time. All right, let's hear about, uh, I don't know, starting on the left. Dan, how do you record your podcasts? Well, mine sound really crappy a lot of the times. But I have a, uh, most of the time I do it in my house, wherever I can, which tends to be noisy uh, anywhere I'm at because of the kids. But I pretty much used to use a separate microphone connected through a mixer, kind of the way we had it set up for Linux Link Tech Show, and just did the same thing and recorded solo. But since then, uh, I've switched to using a headset and just recording straight through Audacity. So I, I don't do anything special. Um, what I have noticed is, depending on the machine I'm actually recording from, I get a lot of feedback from the power in my house, and especially on the laptops. So having clean power or UPS to, to uh, what's that called? What's it called? Power conditioning. Conditioning line. Yeah, power conditioning on UPS <laughs> does help. So, but yeah, I, I don't do anything special. When we, Droops, I think it was Droops who first started the idea, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so today with the techie. What? Actually, I can talk about the history of uh, APR and where it really began. And uh, the, the idea was not so much, you know, to just get people to do it. I've done it on a cell phone, too. Recorded straight to a cell phone when I had an idea on the way into work. Um, so it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. We also used to have it set up that you could call into my asterisk box, and it would record an audio session for you and then make it available through the website. But I don't think too many people were aware of that or even used it. <laughs> and it's not set up in it. Anyway. Alright, well the first episode I did for Talk with the Techie, I actually did about how to record audio using a third generation iPod with iPod Linux on it. Done in my truck that I had at the time at 70 miles an hour. 
Now, after the fact, talking with uh, Dave Sexy Gates here, discovered that we both recorded probably within a week of each other, and we're not sure who recorded first. And so we both were neck and neck for 70 miles an hour podcasting. I've also done it using a cell phone, a dedicated digital recorder, but the more interesting method I use for my personal podcast, and I haven't had a chance to use it for HPR yet, is using Jacosher and multiple USB audio inputs. And it allows me to record, you know, as many inputs as I've got USB inputs. And that's kind of my recording methodology right now. Cool. And you want me to talk about the history of HPR? And Not yet. Let's stay on top of right. it. Mr. Drakenberg. Uh, I record everything in my car using a, uh, an Olympus LS10, which is a, a handheld device, and uh, a lapel mic hooked to a baseball cap. And I, I do that because I have a long commute, and that's the only time I have to, to do anything like this. And uh, I take it home, I, I take it off the recorder and use all that stuff. I usually don't edit, I just put it, put it out there. Uh, that's, that's what I use. Cool. The baseball cap idea is pretty clever. Uh, let's see here. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll guess we'll start with the latest. Uh, this is really nice. This is a little recorder, and it's recording now, and I got this from Command Line. It's a very nice uh, stereo um, condenser mic, so it picks up really everything, and I've been using that recently. But uh, before that, just... Uh, I don't know, like this microphone here, the tiny, like wee tiny condenser mic microphones that you buy for like 50 cents. I have like 300 of those, and so I tape them up to telephones for telephone interviews and, and all sorts of things. I probably should have a, a coil with a 330-ohm tap or something for the telephone to, to get the voice out, but didn't really research that. And uh, as far as uh, editing methodology, I try and edit it as least as I can because editing really sucks. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yes, it does. I'm going to get back to your sarcasm with a little bit more sarcasm. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, so, like, uh, so I don't know how many BSD people we have, but there's a, there's a program. Yeah, there's a program called AUCAT. And uh, it just uh, it's just an audio multiplexer, but it's real simple, and you can hack it out so it just dumps the input and output to waves. And so I did a couple of episodes where just whatever I was talking and whatever was on, I'd play like M player and it would record that sort of. And so it was real nice, uh, but the, that only lasted like a couple of episodes for for whatever reason. And uh, let's see here. Recorded a lot of places. Well, I'll, I'll get into that later uh, in a bit. So uh, you're going to talk about the history, right? I can. Is that what you want? That is what I want. All right. Now, to talk about the history of Hacker Public Radio as it is, you actually have to go back to a show called RFA, called Radio Freak America, with what? the host. <laughs> exactly. If you haven't heard of it, it's 99 episodes of pure awesome. And you know what? I've re-listened to it about once a year, and so much of that content is still relevant. Now, 
Dual Parallel came up with the idea, as well as Rex, towards the end, that when they were ending RFA, that they would start Hacker Public Radio. Unfortunately, it was a project that never took off. Then comes Droops, who starts Talk with the Techie, with one of the most unfortunate acronyms as far as trying to get some very awesome female hosts on there. I'm not sure who I could be talking about down here, but she does some awesome stuff, folks. If you haven't heard it, listen. See, thanks. <laughs> so, after 300 episodes of Talk with the Techie, they shut TWA Tech down, and with the permission of Duel, they, started, they turned it into Hacker Public Radio. Pretty much the exact same format, but a much better name. And I and you know because of the change of the name I sincerely think we've gotten you know some more people contributing to the project who never would have contributed before and I think that pretty much wraps up unless someone else has something to why, add. Do you know why they finished off TWA Tech? I mean was it because of the name or something? Um, they literally were being, you know, told that there were some people who were refusing to <laughs> contribute because TWA Tech is twat tech, you know. So unfortunately, some some females did not want to become involved with the project. I wonder, probably some males didn't want to become associated with that either. Um, okay, cool. And well, the fact that a lot of people would. <coughs> make you know jokes about the status just because of the name of the project probably didn't help some people either yeah okay cool um okay well let's hear uh, do you have any production war stories you might be able to share with us anybody dan first i guess since you're on the left start on the right start on the right yeah. sigla since you're on the right right war stories huh well i don't have any war stories uh, have some advice though. Um, right. Make sure you're in a private spot when you record because people will try and interrupt you all the time. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this. Like, uh, I find if you look really like mean or creepy, they don't talk to you anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you can hide behind a broom. <laughs> you can hide behind a broom. That's nice. That's fun. I don't get that. I get a broom. I think he's making a joke about my stature. Yep, oh. this. So, yeah, like, uh, when I said uh, for Denmark bus, when I was talking to Jason Scott, my, my, my sister, I was like, how you doing? I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> Get away from me. So I kept on trying to batter away, and that just made her more curious. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that whole part was edited out. Did we, uh, horror stories? Uh, aside from a crashing car or anything? <laughs> I, I did scare some people with that episode. I, I record from my car. How many people, did everyone hear Dave Yates' Halloween episode? Or did some people hear it? Describe for yeah. us in your own words. I, I had heard uh, a couple of April Fool's Day episodes and, uh, you know, playing, you have to reverse the audio to hear what was being said. And, and usually April Fool's Day people play jokes and it was, I think it, I don't know if it was Halloween or was this released on Halloween, but I, I faked, faked the car wreck. It, I, I didn't think it was 
going to be that good or, or fool anybody. I just thought, well, you know, everybody knows I do a podcast in my car, so if I fake a car wreck, it, it might be cute or something. But I, I had uh, at least four people, I, I got the impression, seriously thought I had died. It was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was really, yeah, like if I was dead, I was really going to release that. That's the great thing about independent media, you know, we'll just publish anything. Yeah. 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 I, I, if there's anybody out there that is hesitant to think they could record something that is could be conceived uh, or perceived as being entertaining, I'm walking proof that you can because I'm not even in the, the, the IT field or the tech field or anything like that. And if you've got something to contribute that you feel passionate about or even if you feel like faking your own death, uh, there are people that will there are people that will listen to it. Uh, I, was, I was amazed. Yeah. I'm not, not to belittle you or anything like that, but the... Um, just, just real quick, not to belittle you or anything like that, or me, my quality on um, a lot of shows are absolute crap, but... Um, I agree with that. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if uh, people's appreciation of media has changed with the, the advent of, of YouTube and, and more peer-to-peer -peer media, but... Uh, People will listen to anyone on a microphone, no matter what they talk about, unless they're being offensive to that person, then they won't. Well, then they might, because then, you know, but there isn't much that people won't listen to. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's interesting, it's, it's pretty amazing how people will listen to it for the content and the, the production quality and even, like, your perceived flair doesn't really matter all that much. Speaking of flair. Well... You know, Dave talked about, and a lot of people have talked about, Dave's fake car wreck. Well, now for a revelation that I had an actual car wreck when recording an episode once. I had done a setup similar to what Dave was talking about, and I was going southbound on a road when someone who was illegally in this country made a left-hand turn in front of me, leaving me zero time to stop. My recorder was destroyed in the wreck, why the episode was never released. <laughs> I broke my hand Wait, in no. a couple places. If the cops bother you, like, what can you say? Oh, yeah, it's recording a podcast, and then he cut me off, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's something that never came out. <laughs> so, that is my recording horror story. I well, wish I that... But I, you know, to go off what Sig Club was talking about, I think what really is going on here is, you know, the ease in which people can get the content is getting easier. The barrier it takes for someone to get the content they find, you know, even with a modicum of interest, you know, with, you know, RSS aggregators of some nature or another, you know, proprietary or otherwise, has made it easier for someone to get the episodes over and over instead of having to go to every site to download the episodes back like you had to when RFA was in its original run and you had to go to their website and download each episode or you had to tune in to their live stream. Now granted, you know, it's great to be able to tune into the live stream, get involved in IRC conversations, but you know, having to make that commitment of that certain block of time you know, with even the DVR revolution is showing that
people don't want that. They want to be able to consume the media they want to consume when they want to consume it. And I think that's really what's going on here is RSS distribution of content is making it convenient for me to get the content I want or anyone who you know takes a little bit of effort to figure this out and <laughs> consume it when they want. Yeah. <laughs> More stories? I, I'm kids. aware when it comes to, to recording these things. I just do it from my home, except for the one I did driving. So I don't have any horror stories of crashing cars or burning uh, burning babies or anything. Um, <laughs> but drowning kids. No, I got drowning kids. Uh, the, the hardest thing for me is to get a nice quiet area to record in, because I do have two daughters who like to have their friends over. And we have to do a lot of laundry. So if you're going to do something recording, don't start your dryer at the same time, because halfway through you'll have, a, have it going on, and that happens quite frequently. What about but recording next to a jet engine? I mean a server. Yeah. Servers can be very loud. Don't record in a server room. No, and don't take the opposite approach. I recorded in a library once, and you have to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear in the library. Yeah. Um, I, I, I probably have done a lot of really poor audio. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and I know how to do bad audio. Doing good audio is pretty difficult. You could get fairly good audio if you just pay attention to your surroundings, have somewhat decent equipment, and do some post-production. But again, you know, it's more about the content so much than the quality of the audio. You're, you're always uh, not 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 a, a month goes by when someone doesn't make a mention of, of stuff that we do. That doesn't sound like Leo Laporte's crystal clear audio cast. And even they have problems too. Um, but if you're going to dump thousands of dollars into a studio, then yeah, you better have good quality. Um, but you don't have to. And you're again, pulling in over a million and yeah. half a year. Yeah, but you don't have to, to have a lot of money to get decent quality. But again, the content I feel is, is more important. Yeah, I agree. Especially. Um, how dare you cut me off? <laughs> That's right. Rude. Especially when you get uh, multiple uh, audio sources involved. If you're doing interviews, talking to people, more than one person, um, and you're doing from remote, you, got, you get to be doing Skype, you can be doing asterisk, you can be just doing analog telephone calls, uh, recording from a cell phone, do it Dave Yates' way. Um, you get such a variety of quality. But if you're going to record from a cell phone, though, you got to use a headset and have it ways away because we'll pick up the GSM sound. Or um, using, or if you're another way is Google Voice because that allows you to. Google Voice is another option if you want to record phone calls that you can have someone call you and then you can record the call. That's actually so clever. Yeah. I got a phone call coming. Radio Shack used to sell. I can probably still find online. It's like nineteen dollars, but it's this it's inline recording device that you can record telephone calls with, and I, I've done. Uh, a call-in show actually on the way home from OLF one year. Uh, I just published my Google Voice number. People would call it. It rang my cell phone number, and I just it was I just recorded for like six hours one day and had people call in. You got a question? Yeah. No, if you want, you can also get it for the cell phones now too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I meant to say cell phone. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would hook it between my cell phone and my recorder, and it would just. I, I, don't, I don't know how it works, but I just, no, it's nineteen dollars. Yeah, that's what she said. The transformer. Oh, and I, I don't know too much about. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Thank you for that comment. Yeah. Well, it 
And Dave, I think I'm not the only one who said would be willing to say we miss your call-in show. Um, but a trick for if you can't be in the most confined area that I learned from Wolf Gellin is actually to set your mic up and then put a speaker next to it with some very innate or some very low-level background noise, something like running water. Because you can go out there and find sound effects of like a running stream. Run that at a very low level. I think it was like six inches to a foot from your mic. And it helps kill any other background noise, but it doesn't overpower your own voice. That is a clever idea. I had never heard of that before. And you can edit what it out later. Press it after. Yeah, yeah. Does that screw up the bottom up the fall into that? Um, from listening to what he put out with Ninja Night School, it does not seem to mess things up, but it's something you could give a try. I mean, what's five minutes of your time in compression if you can get some good audio that way? Uh, are we talking about noise removal or are we talking about compression? Dynamic range compression or, or noise removal? When you're talking about that much, that's going past what I... Okay. I'm, he was asking, I think, when you are compress you, it after the fact. Are you talking about noise removal, or are you talking about dynamic range compression? Talking about dynamic range. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. I can't speak to that. I'm not an audio engineer, and I don't even pretend to play one on the internet. <laughs> okay. Um, I just pretend to play a guy who loves movies. The dynamic range compression yeah, is... Don't look at me. But you asked. Uh, they didn't ask. Does anyone care about dynamic yeah, range? Uh, yeah, yeah. Explain. What is dynamic range compression? There's something about it. Dynamic range compression basically makes sure that. Well, you know how the easiest way to to explain it is, you know how in a photograph, if you take a photo and then you bring it into the digital dark room and you kind of pump up the levels to bring up the brights and then you take down the shadows and you're increasing the contrast, right? So in in audio, that contrast sometimes can be very, very drastic. And one thing that a lot of times when you just want to send it back out to people's ears, you don't actually want that, that dynamic range. You want to kind of make it a little bit closer together so that it's a more steady sound, so that they're not like adjusting their volume all the time. Ow, that, that, that syllable hurt my ear, so I better turn it down. Now they're talking softer, and they're not using as many hard sound, sounds, you know, stuff like that. So they, they turn it back up and then they turn, you know, so dynamic range compression just kind of says, okay, well, here's where the low part is. Here's where the, all the high stuff is. Let's try to like kind of bring those closer together. And there's lots of different, um, and there's verbal. He does podcasts. He probably does dynamic range compression all the time. Um, um, so it, it brings it in, it reigns it in a little bit. And one thing I would warn people, because from a show I used to listen to called F Bill Radio, fill in the blanks if you'd like as to what it was. But they did an episode Food? where they... Food? <laughs> uh, yes. Fudge. Yes. Fudge Bill Radio. All right. But they, uh, they injected the 2600 hertz tone in there. And unfortunately, his audio quality levels were great, and he just dropped it in there. So you're listening to it at a level that's just fine to hear him, and then your ears explode in blood when the 2600 hertz tone hits. That's pretty insane. Okay. Socks will do it. Dynamic, uh, just compression socks will do that. Sorry, what won't socks do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Audacity will do will it. Yeah, make, right. Will it make me stink? 
I'm not vegetarian. Um, so it's, um, it is 16.29, which means it's more audience participation time since Murph already kicked that off. Um, any questions for any of your favorite uh, HPR hosts? What was, if, that, what, was that? what was that program you were talking about using? Digital Darkroom? Is that something for Linux? Uh, no, digital... I'm sorry, are you kidding or are you yours? Okay, okay sorry. Um, no, Digital Darkroom is a generic... Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were like leading me on. Um, so Digital Darkroom is a term um, for like... It's a generic term actually. So if, you're, if you've got like a photograph and you take it into the computer, you're doing digitally what traditionally photographers would do in the darkroom. So we call it digital darkroom. But it could be GIMP, it could be Krita, it could be Digicam. Oh, I see. So, uh, no, it's okay. I'm sorry, okay, I didn't... You're talking about something specific. Or, yeah, no, sorry, sorry. You're probably like Googling for it right now. Um, no, it's a very generic term. It could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. So, I mean, it could be image magic. You know, it could just be like... Anything that affects the photograph in a way that you would have done in a in a dark room. You know, I wonder if you can actually do that with yeah. with an image processor. If you just have like the, I mean, if you have a really high horizontal resolution and just have like like little, I don't know if you could. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in theory. Black and white. You yeah. Have the amplitude be the. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The brightness. The, I think we have a question back there. Oh yes. yes. Uh, question for Dave. What horrifying turn of events happened to Lynn to make her voice sound like it does now? <laughs> uh, I use, uh, because I'm lazy, sorry, because I'm lazy uh, with my own podcast and maybe maybe with HBR, I can't remember. Uh, I guess a lot of people have, at the beginning of a the show, they record an intro that, that tells people what they're going to listen to, I guess, in case they don't want to listen to it, they can stop. And uh, I, I use a... Uh, or I forgot what it's called. Uh, festival. festival. I use Festival and I use a voice codec uh, to have this artificial female co-host named Lynn introduce the show and do the, the outro at the end. And uh, I think there was just a, a version of Festival. There was, there was a revision change. I'm assuming it was Festival. It may have been some underpinning of the, the sound system. I, I can't imagine it being that. But I think Festival changed versions and Lynn... Uh, all of a sudden, couldn't pronounce words the way she used to, so uh, I, I debated getting rid of her. But, uh, you'd almost think that something so integral to your podcast, you'd have like, kept the old source code around so you could just keep reinforcing. I, I, I did, I did, and I tried okay. my best to make her not not say words funny anymore. But uh, Really, I, folks, I what happened, Lynn met the Hawk Band from uh, Linux Outlook. Lynn met Hawkman from Linux Outlaws, and well, they're getting married next year. <laughs> That's what happened to her voice. Just a, I like that. Just a sort of a tangential sort of uh, subject with me. You were saying that people usually have intros and outros. So I had this intro that I would do every once in a while, going, "You're listening to WART World Radio. The time is seven o'clock, which means it's time once again for whatever, whatever, whatever." That's from Pete and Pete. If I didn't recognize that, but. Deep Geek did and he was telling me about how he can't figure out what part radio is, <laughs> and that when he Googles it, he doesn't find anything on radios, and he took me very seriously about that. I thought it was hilarious. Deep Geek takes a lot of things away, not as jokes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a completely off-the-hook way to start a show. <laughs> nice. It's, and that's, that's really...
where the inspiration comes from, quite frankly. Any further questions from the audience? Yes. What kind of, since I've never heard of it, what kind of topics do they, you guys carry when you do a radio show? All right. Um, I'm trying to think if we should just each give an answer and find out how random it is, or, uh, <laughs> 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 I, you know, I mean, I do multimedia topics a lot, and just whatever I've been working on that week, like in terms of learning how to SSH with exporting enabled, you know, just random stuff like that, because I'm not really qualified to be doing episodes, but I do them anyway. Um. I have literally done an episode once before of the feature of Firefox, where you can download embedded information that's on the page through one of the tabs. Cool. That's good stuff. I have a really short series and really like, it's coming out three months from now, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> but uh, um, I did a series called Demo or Bust about the demo scene and then I'm doing a series called Uber League Hacker Force, where I just try and release programs, and then everything else I call Miscellaneous Radio Theater 4096. What uh, what are some of the programs that Uber League Hacker Force has uh, released, and where can they find them? Uber League Hacker Force, all one word. Dot deepgeek. Yeah. Dot US. US. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, I can't remember any specific topic I've ever done. I've not done an HPR episode in over a year. You did that one Halloween episode. I did that one Halloween episode. I, I've probably done 24 or 25 episodes, but I can't really honestly remember. I did one on Wisp Garden, which is a, a web-based RSS feed generator. I've heard a lot of good episodes. I've heard it, I've done an episode on, on a movie I've watched. I, I, I toyed around. We do an episode on my favorite pair of shoes. You you would hear episodes on, on everything much better than the ones I would pick. But uh, I've heard episodes on uh, urban exploration. Uh, I think Mor Morgellon may have done yeah. some where he went underground or something. something like that. I've heard. Uh, I think Droops did one where he was he went to a graveyard. Uh, you hear all kinds of if. if I, I won't even say it. I was going to say if you're a geek, but I, I don't have to say that. Uh, there's, there's really, I can't think of an episode that wouldn't appeal to one of you. There's been how many episodes? 500 and something, something. I was going to say 300. 300? No, 567. Is it sequential? There's almost 600 episodes. And, yeah. and then add the 300 for TWA Tech. Yeah, and it's, it's slowed down some. One, one thing I would like to do is encourage anybody in here that's, that's got a tip or a trick or a a favorite set of Firefox extensions or a way to get around a firewall or, or just anything, anything you want to talk about. I think there are people who listen to it. I'll listen. Or you could even talk about what's in your bag. And that, you know, is the one of the infamous segments that Dave started was, you know, if nothing else, grab a recorder, pick up your, you know, bag that keep your laptop, any of your techie toys in, and just talk about what's in there and why you keep it in there. It's interesting, you know, there's going to be a lot of repeat, but maybe you've got a Nopic CD in there that is three years old that you carry that one particular three-year-old CD because it's the only version of Nopics that would boot off of one would boot one machine. And we want to hear why. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but it sounds interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, Hacker Public Radio is, is a show really about just literally any topic that hackers 
geeks, whatever, would find interesting. And I think if, if anything, um, from the self-proclaimed lack of audio fidelity and quality that this group has um, admitted to, uh, it, you know, anyone can record, record it. It's just a matter of picking up some device that records, and most everything these days does. I mean, a digital camera will usually do voice memos. I mean, you can record on anything, throw it into some program like Audacity, possibly. Possibly not, just email uh, me, klatsu at hackerpublicradio.org, or uh, the guy who kind of manages it, uh, Enigma, which would be admin at hackerpublicradio.org, and just say, hey, here's an episode for you, play it, and we'll play it. And it's, uh, it's a good way to, to be internet famous among a very small niche group. You've recorded lug meetings. Yeah, yeah, lug meetings even. I mean, it's just like anything. You know, I, I hate to, you know, push this particular product, but it's one that's very popular and more than a few people might have in here. How many people in here have iPods or iPod touches, to be completely honest? Wow. Come on. Much? Come on. Come on. Now, the reason I bring this up is, like I said, one of my original episodes for TWA Tech was how to record using an iPod. Look into iPod Linux, and you literally, after you get iPod Linux in, it sets up the ability to record. It, or it has the feature to record instead of having to go out and buy a special <laughs> add-on. Plus, it also gives you the ability to play back formats that, you know, that rotten, you know, piece of fruit that never wanted you to be able to play back anyway. And you simply record, after you get everything set up and going, by speaking into the left headset, or the left earpiece of a headset. iPod touches, they have recording software that you can get. Staves in Wave, you can dump it out easily. So if these are devices you already have, you've got a way of recording right now. It takes you about 10 minutes of work to get there. Okay, so um, I agree with you. I agree with everything that's been said. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, our favorite Hacker Public Radio episodes. This time I am going to start on the left. Dan, what is your... There was a question left over. Well, who? Where? More dancing you have one. Was it a Go good ahead, question? Man, ask was question. It a better question or a worse question than mine? Let's hear it. Come on. Um, I was uh, curious about... Uh, whether we could see a screencast or a video of the demo stuff? Uh, yeah, screencast would be a lot more appropriate. I don't know if I could do demo shows anymore, to be honest with you, but uh, maybe in the future. I mean, I yeah, honestly, like I think I think Enigma would post it if someone did a screencast. I don't think that would be a problem. Possibly a well, dual. I meant specifically about the demo stuff, because about okay, yeah, because yeah. I know I didn't. I kind of got what was going on, but not really. Well, I don't know if you know. I don't, yeah, I, well, didn't Monster, did Monster B do an interview with you on his show, or was it on Hacker Public Radio? It was on his show. It was, yeah. It was on Hacker I don't know if you heard it. It was Linux Crank Outcast, so it was like one of the three episodes of that that existed um, before he completely gave up and he just quit podcasting entirely. That, that guy right there. That was TIT Radio. What? Thank you. Whatever. Whatever. Radio and Tech. No, Whatever. Come up here, Monster no. B. <laughs> 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 I'm off duty. <laughs> 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 All right. So the guy who's like hiding up there in the front row, um, he did an interview that kind of explains. I I, th I, th I felt it explained pretty well what that whole scene was about and kind of what you could expect to see. It's so visual. A, a screencast would be perfect. I I entirely agree. Um, 
it just matters be wanting to do it enough, if that makes sense. But it doesn't have to be about that, like screencasts in general, I think. Was that like a request for donations or something? Is that what that was? No. Yeah, it sounded like it. <laughs> all right, apparently all right. if we all give her money, <laughs> Zig Club will do a, a screencast. No, no, no. Any other questions? Responsibilities. Yes, verbal. <laughs> verbal. I want to know, uh, ask of the panel, if there's any one particular like trick or tip that they found as a big time saver in producing a uh, podcast. Don't edit. <laughs> <laughs> Get good at editing. Get good at editing. Set up your set up your audacity like a real pro app should be set up and have like you know keyboard shortcuts for all the big. You can assign keyboard shortcuts in audacity. So one hand should be on the mouse, one hand should be on the keyboard. Get through there. Get edit enough so that you know that where you, so that you can recognize what waveforms are actual words versus like you know, and get all get those out of there, and then just export it. It takes no time at all. So the combination of those tips is get really good at editing, but don't ever do it. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dan, how much editing do you do? Uh, do you do? You did, do you do on uh, on your show? Dan, you, how much editing do you do? Um, what show? Just in general. <laughs> what show? Is there any editing tools in there? Like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, HPR, TLTS. Uh, yes. Yeah. Both, yeah. Contrary to popular belief, I do some post-production. I do. <laughs> um, the, the tech show is two and a half hours plus. So it's, what? You look like you're about to say something. No, I was waving to Nick. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the, the tech show is two and a half hours plus, and we, we pride ourselves in getting it out as soon as possible after after we, we're done recording. So what I mainly do is if, if I know places that there was silences, pauses, or, or bad audio in the files, I will go in and, and clean up some of that stuff. But generally speaking, I try to run it through um, normalization and... Uh, the decompressor if the audio quality is, if, if there's huge variation in audio. And I try and do as much as possible with that. That usually takes about 20 minutes to run through those automated processes through Audacity. Um, I've tried going the route of really seriously editing it for two or three hours at a shot to get things as crystal clear as possible, but it just didn't seem to be worth it. But okay, it, it, yeah. But yeah, any editing you're going to do is going to increase the, uh, the time of the show. If you're doing a show by yourself, like a Hampton Republic radio show, I found uh, this is another one of those things where yeah, it should save time, but it's also increased time to talk about topics you know. Uh, you can talk about topics you know with ha having to do extensive research um, to flush out the information because you, you know something you do day in and day out. But then again, if it's a topic you know, you're probably going to be able to spend a long time talking about it. Um, one thing I would caution everyone, and this is for people who are in cases like me, I am 75% deaf in one ear. And if you're going to have a stereo, put your show out in stereo, be careful how you mix things down. You do not want one person in one channel, the other person in another. It just sounds bad in general, but then you leave people like me, where I'm listening with a headset, in the place where I'm going, wait, there's two hosts? Wait, oh, I think I just heard him breathe. So, you know, pay attention to, you know, when you're exporting out of Audacity, how you're exporting. Um, but one, one thing I do, 
to help me speed up the process is I've actually, with the help, with the help from a couple people, I've set up a batch bash script to do my encoding work for me. So I start out, you know, dump out a wave file, it spits out the MP3 and the AUG version both for me, and it normalizes them and tags them with the metadata for me. Nice. That cuts out a lot of time and effort, and I just, you know, hit, you know, punch in some information and hit go. That is available on one of my websites. Mind if I have it? Absolutely not. As in, I do not mind. Okay. That's lorddrockandblue.thedigital, or no, just thedigitaldragonslayer.net is where I've got the script. And all you need for it is ID3 and mplayer and lane. Are the third? Well, Augink comes on a lot of systems. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's why I'm not. I guess, yeah. So after that, and I have to say, the normalization through mplayer came from this man right here. Nice. Which I got from somebody else, but I was going to say, I, I do kind of the same thing that Lord D does. Once I have the WAV file, uh, I dump it, I, I process it through a Python script that I have that does all the encoding, the ID3 tags, normalization. It'll I then bump it up to the servers that we have. It'll do the uh, AUG and MP3 files in the one location, and then the speaks file in, a, in the archive location. So in two different locations. And now with the new website we have coming out, it's also going to hit the website to run a script to automatically add those shows to the website so they're available for download immediately. The only other thing I'd like to do is have it spit out the RSS feeds too. Uh, it's proprietary software getting it patented. <laughs> I, I, haven't made, I haven't released it yet because I, I like I said, I do, I would love to get the, the RSS encoding done in there so it would automatically spit out the fees. And then I wanted to put a GUI on top of it. It's this command line run right now so that you could actually enter in information that could be generic for anybody who wants to produce a podcast. I had that in my head and I've been working on it for a year nice. and a half. <laughs> I, haven't gotten, I, I haven't gotten too far with any of that stuff because I just got it to, to functioning for the way I want it. Dan? Nowadays, Dan, we don't need a GUI for command line matching. Uh, Verbal, I should also mention that Deep Geek is also working on a really interesting idea of if you do a podcast in, seg in a very segmented kind of fashion to basically take those segments, normalize them, cat concatenate them together, and then encode them, and then, you know, so he's, he's kind of working on something along those lines, so who knows. Um, um, I've s actually seen that done before using socks. So once yeah. again, so yeah. socks does everything, <laughs> including cooked by steak, apparently. <laughs> um, it's, we're kind of out of time. Um, thank you for coming. I have stickers, Hacker Public Radio stickers. Um, so if you want some, you can come and get them. They're free. Um, Toss them out. Toss them out. Every <laughs> you can go for it. Um, and uh, so thanks for coming. And um, I'll see. We'll all see you at the festival for the rest of the day and tomorrow. Oh, one other thing. Simple things like this can be your friend in making a podcast. Pop filters. Pop filters. No. What? And, you know, if you need simple solutions for simple problems.
Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.